Hey guys, welcome to Unpacking Design. I'm Mike Lavalley. And Tim Ung, and this is a show where we tell you about products and ideas that relate to designers all over the world. Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to Unpacking Design. Tim, I've been thinking about a uh, topic lately, and what it comes down to is recently I've been, we both sort of evaluate um, I think ourselves internally in terms of how we're doing. I think over the last couple of years we've gotten better at this as people. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're trying to figure out like what are we doing well, what could we do better? Mm-hmm. And I'm at a point right now where I'm not necessarily uh in the same position that you are where you're it seems like in, in some of the recent episodes you've been very uh sort of uh inquisitive as to what your next steps are in terms of like you have all these different ideas and you're, you're trying to figure them out um, but you're also actively pursuing some of those ideas at the mm-hmm. same time i'm trying to intentionally hold back in some ways mm-hmm. um, because i'm trying to figure out what the next steps are for me in terms right. of like what i can do for myself mm-hmm. and i think that comes down to i am trying to figure out what exactly are um my current strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So I want to unpack strengths and weaknesses, Mm -hmm. and I want to do it from the point of view of, I almost kind of want us to critique each other. I want Mm -hmm. this to be kind of an open dialogue, but I also want to talk broad-based about how understanding those strengths and weaknesses Mm -hmm. could help us sort of plan or propel us forward into whatever we want to do next. Mm-hmm. Are we critiquing each other or are we critiquing ourselves? Because uh, I'm, very, I'm very good at critiquing myself. Let's start by critiquing ourselves because we know each other, okay. like ourselves yeah. better. Mm-hmm. And then I think we should both have <laughs> constructive feedback. We talk about each other's stuff yeah. a lot anyway, but I think this would be a great opportunity to have constructive feedback based on whatever each person mm-hmm. says. Well, I, I just want to mention, this is why I think you and I work so well together, because we do this a lot during mastermind sessions with each other, yep. or like, we'll talk about things, and we're just kind of blunt about it sometimes. Like, yeah. we try and be nice, but sometimes you just have to, like, put it out there, and it's something to always work on. And I thought this would kind of be akin to sort of a mastermind in terms of that level of stuff, but it would also help people who are trying to figure that out, either with friends or... Um, you know, themselves or whatever, give them a way to think about how they could critique themselves or or how to better themselves. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, I guess I'll start with myself Mm -hmm. um, just as a way to kick it off. And I think one of the things that I see as as a weakness in myself is that I tend to be very, 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 and I'm emphasizing this for a reason, verbose and over-explanatory mm-hmm. in terms of I have, in some ways I feel like I have these big broad stroke um, ideas with a lot of nuance to them, um, but I don't always understand or know the best way to describe them to people, so I tend to fall back into just spewing out words sometimes Mm -hmm. and I feel like having this podcast and you know having somebody like you to bounce ideas off of has helped me a lot and Mm -hmm. trying to be very cognizant of 
how I use my words, when I use my words, when I listen. Um, that's been helpful, but I think at the end of the day, I found that one of my weaknesses is that I am very talky and partially is, I will admit that I do like to hear myself speak. It mm -hmm. is like a, it's like a part of my personality that I do in, enjoy talking, mm -hmm. but I find that it's something I need to work on. Mm -hmm. um, that I, I don't know how else to say it. If mm -hmm. I, I will continue to to describe this problem, which mm -hmm. is part of my problem. Yeah. So I, I, that's a really good one that you point out, and I'm just going to add to it because it's something that you and I have talked about before. It's the fact that not only do you have too much to say about a certain topic, it's that sometimes it leads to you getting paralyzed yeah. and not pursuing something, which in some cases could be good because you will eventually figure out that it's not what you wanted to do. Yeah. But in many cases, it holds you back because you you get into a self dilemma of what is it that I'm trying to do, and then you try and identify that. And once you identify it, you try and identify the steps to doing it, and you don't take the steps because by the time you figured the steps out, it took so long that you don't want to invest the time anymore. You know, it gets to a mm -hmm. point where you got over analytic and you didn't experiment. Right. Right. So you took in you took this potential project that you really wanted to pursue and you overanalyze it to the point where it no longer became something that you wanted to explore. It became right. something that you <laughs> right. that you tried to figure out verbatim. Like yeah. you tried to like figure it out through through literacy yeah. versus, you know, designing it out. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense because I do I do get to the point where I'm analyzing something, you know, take a, I remember this specifically, there is one um, competition that I did for a skyscraper competition. I researched the crap out of it, and um, actually, this goes back to a, a previous podcast where you know I decided that the site was going to be in Boston. Mm -hmm. I partially just wanted it to be in Boston. It was on a uh, a wharf in Boston, and I was going to make this like skyscraper by the waterfront, basically. And I researched it. I made this comprehensive 3D model of the whole area of the north end of Boston um, for no reason other than mm -hmm. I just kind of wanted to have yeah. it as a, yeah, yeah. as a context. And uh, I ended up, I, I designed it. I mean, it had a sketch and it had a 3D model, but it ended up being kind of like, like it just, it went nowhere, you know. It, it kind of sputtered out because I spent so much time just thinking about what it could be. Mm -hmm. Then I didn't actually execute on, at least at the time, like what it should have been mm -hmm. or like trying to figure out what it should have been. Yeah. It's a really good point. The like, same thing like is related to your blog post too, though. And yep. we've had that discussion too, that your blog posts used to be so refined and revised uh -huh. that it sounded more like you were going to eventually enter into a scientific journal than you were going <laughs> right. to have a blog, <laughs> right. right? So now you've actually stepped away from that. And yeah. I feel like your personal voice has gotten through, which is ironic in a way, because if you like talking so much and, and hearing yourself speak and getting ideas out, then it should have always been the way it is now. Sure. Instead of being that scientific journal article. I think part of that also is that, um, at least initially, it was probably because, you know, when you put stuff out on the internet or you put stuff out in general, you don't really, you don't want the negative feedback. Like mm -hmm. intuitively as a person, you don't want the negative yeah. feedback. So you're trying to do everything, even if it's subconsciously, to prevent that from happening, yeah. even though that's impossible. Right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's very true. Um, so for me, my weakness is control. 
that, and this is something I realized recently, that I've come to a point in my life where I like to have a lot of control over certain aspects of design when it comes to my projects. Mm -hmm. Like at my architecture firm where I work, I don't really take that into account. Like I, I don't have that much control here. I'm more of like the team player. I'll like help out. I'll try and develop things with others. When it comes to my own personal ideas, like developing an app, we talked about two apps that I wanted to develop. One that I really want to develop, the other that I let go. Yeah. Now, the one that I really want to develop, I have this vision for what I want it to look like. Yeah. To get it to look that way, I'm trying to teach myself how to code. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> right. why am I doing this? Why don't I just hire someone to do yeah. it? But if, if you understand what I mean, it's like, as an architect, as a designer, you have a very specific way of doing something. One yep. of the partners at the firm where I work at, he's known for having people revise a graphic and move things a few pixels because he's so like in that control. Uh -huh. I'm not at that level. I'm more at this, I have this vision for what I want it to look like in terms of a font, in terms of how it's going to be interacted. So actually what I should be doing is developing the UI UX design, but a part of me also wants to learn how to code. So like. I have that issue that relates to control. Not mm. only do I have this issue of wanting to, to be able to control everything, I also want to be able to do it myself. Sure. Because I haven't reached the point where hiring someone else makes sense to me. You know. So I think this might relate to something that I've dealt with, and I think I, I, I see where you're, you're sort of going with it, and I can recognize that as a, as a thing that I... You know, when we say strengths and weaknesses, I think they're just things, like when I think of weakness, I think of things that either either trying to work on or at least you recognize about yourself so you can move forward knowing that about yourself, right? I don't know mm -hmm. if they're necessarily strengths or weaknesses, but um, what I see for that and you a lot is that you you tend to need to know how the, um, how the cake is made, mm -hmm. like in almost every... In almost everything that you do, you need to know how the entire process happens from beginning to end, and you need to know how to do it yourself in mm -hmm. order to execute it the way that you think it should be done. I think the thing that I can relate to a little bit is early on in my career, I had thought about um, pursuing, you know, with an architecture degree, with uh, sort of that designer mentality and, and creativity, I had thought about taking that and transferring it into video game design. Mm -hmm. And at some point, I realized that I wanted video games to be just a hobby. Mm -hmm. Like, I am not shutting it out as a possibility later in the future completely, but I've essentially created a wall for myself, recognizing the fact that I don't need to do literally everything all the time, mm -hmm. you know, just to pursue an interest, and that I would be better served as somebody who enjoys video games for what they are mm -hmm. than to... You know, the people who dedicate themselves to that craft, mm -hmm. to that thing, um, they spend years just doing that one thing mm -hmm. versus I really just kind of wanted to create a cool video game at one point for myself that, mm -hmm. that spoke to me. And I feel like because of how, because I, I also have sort of those con similar control issues of I don't know if I would be able to let go of certain things and I don't know if I would really achieve the level that I would want to achieve mm -hmm. if I did it on my own yeah. with the limited amount of tools that I had or mm -hmm. the experience that I had. I see for you sometimes that you, you've you chosen things that at least you can control, like the leather workings are mm -hmm. a really good example. Like you really wanted to know how to leather work mm -hmm. and now it's become like a, a very 
um, you know, I see you becoming more skilled at it, and mm -hmm. you enjoy seem you seem to enjoy doing it. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that I see as a, a, a sticking point for you is that at some point, I'd almost say that while you it, it's okay to learn how to do something like coding. I would imagine that you're not the person at the end of the day who's actually coding. Right. You just need to know enough about that thing. I say sometimes you need to know something enough to be dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, so like going back to our bigger umbrella of architecture mm -hmm. as, a, as an example, I don't know everything about architecture and mm -hmm. I never will. Like there are certain things that I will specialize in, mm -hmm. but I will just need to know in some cases enough about a certain thing that I can ask uh, an educated question to somebody who knows more. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're teetering a little bit on that edge, whereas I think there are some days you probably want to be the expert in mm -hmm. that thing. Like, if you had the preference, you probably would like to just be a master at coding. Mm -hmm. um, but I would wonder if that's worth your time, energy, or effort. Yeah, and I, I think that relates to a strength of mine, which is, and it used to be my weakness too, but now it's my strength of letting ideas go. So mm -hmm. I'll pursue something to learn about it. But just like you said, once I learn enough about it to know that I don't want to be doing it, but I know enough to talk about it with someone who will do it, yeah. then I feel more comfortable at that point to let it go. Yeah. Because at that point in time, when I hire a developer, I can then talk to them and talk some language with them and understand why they can't do something and what their issue is. Otherwise, I would be a bad employer or I would be a bad yeah. person because I just push them for no reason. Yeah. You know, like... I'd be able to empathize, and I think that's what I'm looking for, to yep. know enough to be able to empathize with someone that I hire. Yep. So um, so another weakness of yours, why don't we go there? So we'll go back and forth. <laughs> okay. I, I haven't thought of one, but if you, if you okay. have another in mind, you could bring it up. Um, I think that one of the things I tend to do is I don't give myself... Um, in some ways, I don't, and I'm constantly working on this, I'm constantly working on time management. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people are, but in my case in particular, I tend to get, and this builds on sort of what my other weakness was, but it's a, a different nuance to it. Um, if, let's say, I have a couple projects that I'm juggling, I don't sort of always buckle down and say, okay, I'm going to get this thing done and mm -hmm. then move on. Mm -hmm. I tend to let it stew and mm -hmm. let it fester and let it, simmer a little bit and let mm -hmm. it like uh, just sit there in some ways and not actually really move through the problem or move to a solution. Mm -hmm. So the thing that I've found is the only way for me to actually get past that is to in some ways keep myself busy in multiple things so that things are constantly being done at least on one thing or another. But then that compounds into another problem I have, which is if I do too many things, nothing gets done. Mm -hmm. So I have this management problem in terms of, um, you know, we only have a limited amount of time after we get out of work. You know, I have a nine to five job. Mm -hmm. I, I struggle with how do I spend my time for my own projects um, in a way where sort of similar to you, like I want to do a lot of different things, mm -hmm. but I don't know... I don't know which one is really important because at the end of the day, a lot of them are like my own passion projects. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, it's different when I'm at work and I'm managing different projects because 
things have very distinct deadlines, mm -hmm. and there's repercussions if I don't m make those deadlines. Right. And there's schedule implications, budget implications. Um, it affects other people. I find a problem when I'm doing my own work that it doesn't affect anybody other than me, mm -hmm. in most cases. Um, and I have not found a good way to keep myself um, sort of beholden to any sort of real deadlines that I have other than just saying, do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm struggling constantly with that. And I find yeah. that, that that is a weakness that I have that I'm, I don't even know how to resolve it. I just, mm -hmm. I find that that's a problem I have. It's, it's interesting you say that because the, the thought that I had in my head was that um, these days, it seems as if one of your issues is that you no longer pursue the things that you say you will pursue. And if mm -hmm. you do pursue them, you don't actually reach the end of them. Right. The only constant that you've had that I've seen has been your blog, where your newsletters are more constant, your yep. posts are more constant, and that's more of you're actively managing that now. Yep. But when it comes to things like you wanted to get back to designing architecture projects and doing yep. things like that, that, I haven't seen or heard anything about those. and. You know, like it's it's not a bad thing. I think it's more that you're potentially just waiting for the right time right. to do it because you know it'll be a larger time investment. Yep. You know, and that's it's not a it's not bad to have that. I just think it leads to exactly what you're saying that you don't want to leave it to fester. Like if yeah. you start designing something now, you right. don't want to just leave it yeah. when it's done halfway through. And that's part, that is actually, that's a good way of putting it because that's really what I feel like. I, I was thinking about it this morning. I just, I feel like if I'm going to do something, I need to sort of like, I need to commit to it. Um, and one of the things I've been actually trying to do lately is like we, we talked a little bit about how I have, um, um, some speaking opportunities and things mm -hmm. like that. And I'm trying to, in some ways, um, at least get, almost get through those things because they actually do have harder deadlines and not overwhelm myself by like, like we're recording this on a Saturday morning mm -hmm. and I don't want to spend the rest of my weekend only doing just projects. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to live my life, experience mm -hmm. the weekend mm -hmm. and continue to do fun things too. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding that one of the things I'm having an issue with is um, I have certain things that I want to do, but I also know that if I pursue all of them at the same time, they're not going to get done and they're going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to burn myself out again. Mm -hmm. So I'm always, I always have that in the back of my head, but that becomes a little bit of a, a bigger problem for me where I don't tend to get through sort of the meteor projects mm -hmm. that I would want to do. Mm -hmm. So like part of what I'm trying to figure out with the strengths and weaknesses and like just understand more about myself is I want to pick that next thing and I just want to do it, mm -hmm. you know, but I don't know where to start. And mm -hmm. part of my, and I just feel like I have that like, uh, um, like I could start anything, but I just don't, I just don't know what the next thing is. You know? Yeah, and, and we've always talked about this, that that's something that is the opposite for both of us, yeah. that I seem to pursue things immediately, right. which is my, my issue sometimes, that I chase everything, right? Yeah. Like everything that comes to mind, I chase it. And if I don't chase it, I spend at least an hour to think it through and like say, okay, this is not for me. Yeah. That has been the hardest thing to do, to be able to like not chase something. 
which is interesting. That I think that's the interesting dynamic between us, mm -hmm. that you will think about something until you don't do it. Right. And I'll do something until I decide it's not worth it. Right. And then if in retrospect I had put more thought into whether or not it was worth pursuing in the first place, right. that yeah. would have helped me save the time and energy. Yeah, if I, if I experimented more with stuff, then I would, I would also know sooner probably and not dwell on it. Right. Like I would just let it go. Yeah, that's why now what I do is I bounce ideas off people. Like the right. ideas I share with you before we record and like, you know, just sometimes during design life, those are ideas that I've had, but I run it by someone else. And then I'm like, oh, okay, just listening to how you respond to it helps me decide, okay, it's worth it or not. And I do the same thing with my girlfriend all the time. I tell her an idea and then she'll say, well, no, that doesn't seem like you'll do it or you don't have time for that. What are you talking about? Right. You know, because aside from designing stuff, like we have a lives outside, which is what you're getting at and your weakness where you might want to spend time with your wife. You might mm -hmm. want to spend time with your dogs. You might want to spend time right. with your animals and pets, or you might just want to go out for a long walk. Right. Right, and these are all things that benefit your personal life in some way. Yep. So you can't just give that up to right. design a project. But when you design a project, then you intuitively, as a creative, want to spend your time all on that project. Yep. Then you sacrifice the other things. So I'm I'm also in that moment where some days I'm designing something, and like my girlfriend would come up to me and start talking, and I just totally like now. I guess the second weakness in this whole thing is that I focus way too hard. Like right. it's not it's not really a weakness, but sometimes it pushes everything out. Like there are times when she'll come up to me when I'm working at my home office and I'm in the middle of designing something and she's talking to me and I don't respond. Yeah. And I don't like I hear her, <laughs> but it's, it's for some reason she is tuned out in my mind. And it used to upset her because obviously you want to be able to talk to someone who's right there. But when I'm really in the zone, I get totally and fixated because I want to finish that thought. Right. And I think that's actually becoming more of a positive part of of my life where I can focus on certain things so I'm in that moment. So when I'm with yeah. her, my time is with her. Like, I'm not doing these other things. Yeah. No, I, I think that makes sense. I get the sense that that's probably, I mean, I know you've mentioned that before. I haven't experienced that because usually when, we, when we're doing our projects, I don't, like, see you doing yeah. your projects. Right. Um, but... I get the sense that that's probably something that, again, it, it's, it has to do with that focus of you are trying to understand um, the solution to the problem by doing. And right. it's, it's something that you, because you really want, almost like you want to know what the answer is by doing, like you need to finish, like you said, finish the thought um, through the process. And it's... Until you get to that point, you can't like turn it off. Yeah, um, I could see that being good or bad. I think again, part of the thing with these strengths and weaknesses is that it's sort of a balance thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, it can be one or the other depending on how you look at it. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting the way that we're talking about each of these because mm -hmm. you know, again, I could see that as a strength of yours because it's something that gives you sort of like this razor edge focus to a project that you're working on or something you're working on like you said though the flip side of that could be that you're alienating yourself from things or people around mm -hmm. you 
Um, That's why, you know, the solution to that was I have my set time. Right. If it's an hour, I focus, and once that hour is done, I let go. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I got to get back to the, to the real world, you know? <laughs> um, I think a strength of mine, I want to kind of move into yeah. strengths now, um, is that I feel like I am, and people have just told me this about myself. I, I, I've recognized it about myself over time. I am very, very even-keeled uh, to the point where it probably frustrates people who get very... Um, there are some people I work with um, or some people I have worked with in the past who get very heated very easily mm-hmm. and I find that as a strength and a weakness for them and I find me being very streamlined and even keeled um, very positive and sometimes negative yeah. if I'm listing it as a strength because I found that when you interact with people who are either um for lack of a better word, belligerent or mm-hmm. um, unempathetic or um, quick to push blame or not actually solve a real problem, mm-hmm. that it becomes an issue of communication where if I was that same way, communication would immediately break down mm-hmm. because we would just become a yelling match and it mm-hmm. would become a, it's not necessarily that anybody did anything wrong, it's just that that person is naturally geared towards being aggravated or heated or whatever you want to say it. And I found that that has actually helped me a lot, um, whether somebody is overly emotional about something or um, just can't see what's right in front of them because their emotions are getting the best of them. Mm -hmm. I tend to, I still get aggravated all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I still have a wide range of emotions, uh, wide range of emotion, emotion, but I... I think especially when I'm working, it's a job, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a it's a pursuit. It's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a we're all trying to save this or s- solve the same issues here as a team. And what is the best way to do that? Um, it does make it harder for me to um, sort of let's say. Uh, uh, confront people sometimes mm-hmm. because sometimes I am a little bit more easygoing on an issue and I don't see it as much of a problem mm-hmm. as somebody else might who, you know, if I work with a team. So if somebody has an issue with somebody else, I try to become the mediator, but I don't always see one person's side mm-hmm. of the coin or the other. Yeah. But I overall think that that's a, a strength of mine. I think so too. And, and the one I was going to point out to be your biggest strength from my perspective is your organization and planning mm. because you can see it in your blog every time you come up with a new design for that blog i'm like wow you know like everything yeah. is so yeah. clear and it's like beautifully designed you know like the it's it's a really good strength because everything that you do you have some way of doing it like you plan it out you know the path you know how you want to do it you know mm-hmm. how much time it might have actually take you and you actually know like where to put these pieces So when you're planning something specific, you have everything in place. When you're organizing that plan amongst other plans, it's all there. And you have them in folders, you print them out, you sketch it out, you like have it on paper. You know, so you can show it to someone and say, this is what I'm doing, this is what I've been up to, this is what my schedule looks like. And that is a really good trait to have because especially I find a lot of designers and creative people don't have that level of planning. Mm. So. So what would you consider one of your strengths? I think my biggest strength is 
pursuit that mm-hmm. I pursue everything wholeheartedly that I, I go after things and I give it my all you know and whether it turns out to be something beautiful or not I, I still enjoy it throughout the whole process yeah you know I, I think would, that's the biggest one. I would actually say that your um, curiosity mm-hmm. is actually one of your biggest strengths mm. in terms of, um, like, I have a very set, in my opinion, I have a very set palette of things that over time, you know, maybe they, to the outsider, they look like they're all different, but I really have, like, two or three buckets that I really focus a lot of my mm-hmm. time into. And I, I find that you tend to come up with things like leatherworking. Kind of came out of nowhere for mm-hmm. me when we, when we started talking about how you yeah. want to leatherwork. Yeah. Um, you were talking about how you want to code. Mm-hmm. Like that never seemed like something that you would ever want to pursue mm-hmm. until you said it. Yeah. Um, you have a curiosity for, um, uh, you've always been financially minded and trying to figure out your way through your own finances, but also understand how other people are doing theirs mm-hmm. or, or just understand you have that that curiosity that helps you go deeper into a subject that isn't one isn't necessarily something that everybody um, looks into mm-hmm. beyond the surface level, mm-hmm. but also um, you have a wide variety. Mm-hmm. I think be, that some people don't always have. Yeah. It, it makes your your palette of things that you're interested in much more diverse. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you said, because when I meet new people and try and have discussions with them, a lot of times I can't hold discussions that focus on smaller things like what movies you like to watch and mm-hmm. what music you like to listen to and what, you know, like those those things are hard for me to have conversations about. Sure. So it, it kind of limits my social life in a small way. I'm getting mm-hmm. better at small talk, but it's, you know, I find that my interests are focused around intellectual curiosity, like sure. trying to learn something about, you know, a bigger idea that I've always been interested in. Mm-hmm. And it, it starts to limit the people that I interact with and the interest that I have in certain people. And, you know, it, it can also, it's probably my biggest downfall that it, it limits my networking capabilities mm-hmm. because I can only find people that can hold a conversation with me about the things that I've been curious about in lieu of talking to people who I who talk about things that I have never been curious about. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to combat that with like learning more about those things by watching more movies or watching sure. more TV shows. But yeah, yeah. sometimes it's just hard to figure out like how to hold those conversations. Yeah, I think you'll probably agree with this too because I don't, I mean, my biggest sort of uh, thing like that where I don't have a lot of knowledge and I've just kind of at some point chosen not to pursue it mm-hmm. is uh, sports. Like yeah. I'm just not a sports guy. Yeah. I, yeah, at some yeah, point yeah. at some point, I just realized like, look, mm-hmm. I live in Buffalo, New York mm-hmm. and there's sports everywhere yeah. and this is like one of the most, you know, passionate sports communities mm-hmm. in the country. Yeah. Specifically just, football. Specifically football. <laughs> um, and it's just... Uh, it's just not my cup of tea. And at yeah. some point, you know, I did really try for a little while to... I love actually going to a live sporting event. Mm-hmm. That is something that I do enjoy. Yeah. I cannot be, like, constantly finding, oh, well, this person got drafted this time. Mm-hmm. This person got traded. Oh, well, the, 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 the draft is up and the, the trade is... Like, mm-hmm. I don't... Yeah. All this stuff is, like, another language to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, And I find that that becomes a, a, a way that if, if we kind of dial us into human communication, mm-hmm. I feel like, um, and maybe actually one of the reasons why we jive so well 
is because even though I do have a little bit more of that sort of cultural attunement, attunement mm-hmm. to like movies and um, video games and, and things like that, I think we share uh, the ability to talk about things intellectually. Like we we just recorded a podcast about the iPhone mm-hmm. 11. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean yeah, yeah. we're talking about stuff that's either um, – uh, an intellectual curiosity or a technology-related thing or just like a where is society going mm-hmm. kind of conversation. Yeah. And I feel like the things that we've chosen to either pursue or not pursue speak to our personalities but also to um, sort of like where we as people have our typical conversations. Like I think anybody who's listened to this podcast for even this episode or a couple episodes can probably say that they can tell what we're generally interested in. Mm. Like, I think we've tried to bring in a lot of other topics into the conversation that, like, borderline probably aren't related completely to design. Yeah. <laughs> but they're interesting in terms of the, the way that they can relate to design. And I find that as one of the the strengths that we both have. We do try to relate what we are talking about or what we do know about to other things so that we can relate to people. Mm-hmm. I feel like something that other people tend not to do is that they remain siloed into their own worlds without trying to empathize yeah. with other people. Right. I, so to end this episode, why don't we both talk about one thing that we're working on and why we're working on it? So, it's a, it's a good one. I can start. I'm I'm working on getting better at articulating my thoughts verbally and talking to people so that it's short and to the point. And mm-hmm. I feel like I've never really been good at that because I don't really hear myself talk all the time. And I'm also in the same line as that, trying to get better at asking really good and in-depth questions. Kind of like the one that my girlfriend asked me about for the iPhone. Yeah. Like being able to think in the moment, clearly think about it, and ask that one question that is level-headed and it changes the conversation into a totally different outcome. I think what I'm trying to do, and I'm doing this actually, as you said, I'm very plannery, um, or planny. I We talked about Trello mm-hmm. a while back. I think one of the things that's been helping me as sort of a planner person is to create a a now what a quote unquote now board uh, mm-hmm. in my Trello, which is I literally will pull them from all of my other Trello boards and be able to visually see in the moment. Okay, here's what I need to work on next, and I make those decisions pretty. You know, even if it takes time for me to make those decisions on what I'm going to do next, I make sure that the, literally the next things I do mm-hmm. are prioritized, and I don't worry about anything else because I know that if I put it in the now box basically I will work on that and that will be the next thing so like actually what's funny about this is that um, my next now priority is to uh, schedule the episodes that we have for this podcast into our into our feed mm-hmm. and that's literally the next thing I'm going to do like if I pursue a next project I don't have to worry about anything else I'm just mm-hmm. It's literally the next thing on my, my to-do list. I don't have multiple things. I just have what's the next thing. Yeah. I think that the, it's, it's been an interesting episode because we, like, I've learned a lot just from this episode about what I've been doing, what's, what's 
coming up next for me and how to improve on certain things. Mm-hmm. And I think you've you've done the same. I think it's something that people don't do often, like yeah. self-criticism or even having a friend to bounce ideas of criticism off of. But we do it pretty often, actually. Like what we talk to each other about today isn't really uncommon from our biweekly meetings mm-hmm. or you know whenever we chit chat. It's always we bring these things up at some point and we like help each other through it, which yeah. is also helpful. Like having someone who not only knows your weaknesses and what you're working on, but someone who kind of holds you accountable each time you bring things up again. Like they can mention it and say, "Well, you're working on that. Why don't you try this?" Yeah. You know? I, I would advocate that people do this on their own too. Like, I mean, we're doing this as almost like an example of what you could do. Yeah. Um, and well, like you said, we'll continue to do it anyway. But yeah. um, I think understand, it's hard because I think both of us, because we do this this often and we both read about subjects like this on our own time, this is very natural for us to talk like this. Mm-hmm. I find that when I talk to people who don't do this as often, mm-hmm. it's harder for them to understand what their strengths and weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. So even though we've been like working through these things, mm-hmm. I feel like this is probably, I hope this is helpful for other people mm-hmm. to understand that it's okay to just talk out literally what your strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. are so that you know, it's your, you know what to work on or yeah. what to let go or, mm-hmm. you know. And also just to be vulnerable because it, it takes a lot to be able to talk to each other like this, you know, because mm-hmm. we trust each other. That's why we could do it. Otherwise, you would get combative and defensive and say, well, no, that's not a weakness, you know, and then you start to debate it and right. like argue it with someone else. Yeah. So especially having someone who knows you so well, it's really helpful. Well, that's that's all I have to say about that. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today, guys. Thanks. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Unpacking Design. And you can uh, check us out anytime at the unpackingdesign.com website. And you can also find us on iTunes and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Please remember to leave a review and share this podcast with someone you know.